Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Submit yourselves to God. That's that being filled with the Spirit. We talked about it before. If I'm going to be filled with God's Spirit, then I can't let my sinful nature, because it has this bent to always want to do my way, I can't let it overflow me. I have to let the Spirit of God help control me. I do that by submitting. What is submitting? It simply means this. A willing attitude that wants to cooperate. Today we learned that submission is not only an action, but an attitude. If we're ever going to see victory, experience success, and be fulfilled, we must assume and accept our proper God-given roles. Pastor Mark says submission includes admitting we need God's help and direction. We need to seek His will and wisdom to arrange and orchestrate His design for our lives. Now, more than ever, it seems the foundation of society is being rocked at the core. Listen in to learn how we as Christians have the responsibility to restore and preserve the fundamentals of our faith. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 15, with our continuing study entitled, Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Let me ask you tonight, is that the definition of your home? Is it a place of peace? If it isn't, it can be a lot of causes, certainly from children or whatever, but I'm just going to pick two causes tonight, a husband and a wife. (laughs) We will start with a wife. Turn to chapter 27, Proverbs. Anybody ever hear this when you have laid down at night? Trip, 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 trip. And you go into the bathroom and tighten that sucker really good. And you go lay down. Then it goes, because it was waiting. Now it drips, drips, drips. And then you tighten it again if like me. And usually so much so that then I have to call 911 and get the plumber because I ripped it off. The constant dripping. Well, I mean, amazing. They didn't have faucets, but they must have had this. With all the thousand women that Solomon married, for sure one was this way. Look at verse 15. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. By the way, I don't use these in my marriage ceremonies. (laughs) A constant dripping on a rainy day. Look at verse 16. 
Restraining her politely means shutting her up is like trying to restrain the wind or grasping a quart of oil and holding it in your hand without the can. Can it be done? I know. What does it mean? This constant dripping is just an annoyance that wears the patience so thin that this nagging, contentious, never satisfied until she gets her way drives us nuts. Peace is gone. There was an Arab proverb I came across today. It said, three things make a house intolerable. In the, in the Arab na uh, language, it says, tack, the leaking through of rain, knack, a wife's nagging, and back, bugs. Three things. One of them is the wife. Well, not only wives are in a marriage, but there's a husband. To keep peace in my home, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 3, it is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Turn over to Proverbs 26, 21. You see, this is speaking about a wife that's contentious, always looking for a fight, looking to pick at something. Here's a husband who's the same way. Proverbs 26, 21, as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. All you have to say in a marriage to these people are, you got a match and the place is gone. Because here they go. So husband, you always looking to nitpick something that isn't right in the home? There goes the peace. You caused it. You see, if we're not filled with the Spirit, we'll be making mountains out of molehills. We'll be quick to start a fight. The wife, seeing it coming, will have a few words to respond. And the peace is gone. And the only place, often in this world, other than church, where there's peace, is now gone. And Satan loves it. Turn with me in the New Testament. We'll be back in a moment to Proverbs, to the book of James, the book of James, chapter 3, verse 17. I need God's wisdom how to deal with my wife and with myself. I need to know when to speak the truth in love and then when just to let it go. That comes from wisdom. In James 3.17, we see this. This is a great verse. If you're quick on the draw with anger to be practicing in your life. James 3.17 says this, But the wisdom that comes, notice, from heaven is first of all pure. It's exactly what we need. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. So we need to be seeking peace and harmony in our homes by seeking God's wisdom. If that little passage spoke to you tonight, if your, if your home is more strife than peace, then seek God's will. 
His wisdom, His direction in your life. There's stress in all of our lives. But God wants peace in our individual lives and in our home. Now you're right there in the book of James. One more chapter, chapter 4, verse 7. This brings up point number 3, key number 3 to a successful home. Work for a home filled with submission to God and to each other. Look at James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves to God. That's that being filled with the Spirit. We talked about it before. If I'm going to be filled with God's Spirit, then I can't let my sinful nature, because it has this bent to always want to do my way, I can't let it overflow me. I have to let the Spirit of God help control me. I do that by submitting. What is submitting? It simply means this. A willing attitude that wants to cooperate. It is an action and an attitude. So first of all, that means I know that I need help with my life directing it. I'm not God. I know I have that old sin nature that can, for sure, when it's shaken a little, it's coming out. I need God's help. I don't want to have that. So I submit myself to God. I say, God, I, I need I need your help. This is going to be a potential area where I'm not going to act like I should. So I need your help, God. Your word says you're available to help me. Submission actually comes from another term, or actually has a military term. It has a, real, a military meaning, which means this. Arranging the troops who were preparing for battle. It was to get people in the right role, in the right order, so we could battle. Now, battle not being our spouse, but battle meaning Satan, our enemy. So submission in my life, and you're going to see in a moment, is needed in three different ways. If I'm going to battle Satan and his desire to disrupt my home, working through me, the very first thing I have to do is submit myself to God. Say, God, I need your help. I, I willingly offer my action and my attitude to you. Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You were there earlier. I want to show you God's order for our lives and for our homes. And this word submission, don't get all bent out of shape. The world has taken with Satan this great concept and distorted it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. If you, if you need more depth than this, you'll have to get one of the tapes on marriage. We have numbers of them. We have numbers of series. Look at Ephesians 5.21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this includes a husband and wife. So in the home, there's an order for battle against Satan. It's to keep the home in the proper order that God designed. Here's the order. Number one, if you get this order down, and you work with it, and you practice it, everything will be fine in our marriages. You get this out of order, we're in trouble. Let me say it again. You cannot draw your own blueprint. This is God's only design. Marriage does not work any other way. Now, before you jump to conclusions, let's just follow through very quickly. Husband and wife first submit themselves to God. We read that back in James. I'm to submit myself to God. As I do that... It brings the next point, as we just read here. Then they submit to each other. What does each other mean? 
It means the husband willingly wants to cooperate with the wife in attitude and action. It means the wife willingly wants to cooperate with the husband in attitude and action. It means they are both working together. They're submitting to each other because they've already submitted to who? To God. So that's it. There's a third step. Then we'll see in a moment, the wife submits to her husband, but only after point number two and point number one. Get it in order. Lots of churches that don't get this principle, do you know where they start with this? And number three, submit. Wife, submit. I've heard them. That's the way they teach it. As if she's some subservient kind of thing here. Submit. I'm the master. Well, that's what the world has taken with some of the stances of the Bible. But this is the stance. This is God's stance. And it doesn't include any of that kind of tone. Certainly none of that action. Well, take a look. Look at verse 25. This is for the husbands, quickly. And again, if you want to get a tape, there's a whole tape. You can get all of this in marriage. But let's go through it quickly. How does a husband submit? How does he show he loves his wife? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That removes selfishness. I'm living for my wife. Look at verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So that means if I'm going to if I'm going to be the right kind of husband, I'm going to love my wife with a sacrificial love. I'm going to put her first. I'm going to make sure that I'm taking care of her. As I'm doing that, she will certainly then willingly submit to me because I'm also submitting to her. It's a dual thing. Notice, the husband is the God-ordained leader of the marriage, head or leader. It's God's design. He made it that way. There was Adam. Out of Adam came Eve. That's God's order. Now, notice, to be the spiritual leader, I'm to protect my spouse. I'm to love her, nourish her, encourage her, provide for her. My goal My God-given responsibility as a husband is not to say to my wife, submit. My goal is to pour myself into my wife and enable her as as I'm pouring my life and my energy and my skills into my wife so much that she develops into everything that God wants her. You're not going to hear that in Larry King Life with the word submit. But I'm to pour myself into my wife, and for sure she's going to do the same to me, of protect her and love her and nourish her and guide her so that the two of us together become that loving triangle. But I help her develop into all that she's to be. That's what submit really means. That's what lead really means. That's why the wife needs to submit. We find that in verse 22. Look at Ephesians 5, 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So the wife is to submit to her husband's loving leadership because that does nothing but complete her and complete him. Now get this next point down and you won't have any problem with any of us submitting. Husbands and wives have distinct roles in marriage, 
but equal value. My wife is not less than me. In fact, most of us guys would probably say about the opposite. That's what makes us. It's our spouse. It's our wife. A husband never, ever dominates his wife. He is to take her as a gift from God and to serve her and honor her as that gift. Now, remember how God designed marriage. Remember our little triangle. We already showed it to you tonight. We're a team. We're a group. The husband and wife are incomplete without each other. That's why God put us together. And when he put us together, he put us together as a team. The only time that this headship really needs to operate is when there's an issue that comes up in our marriage that we can't seem to get resolved after we've prayed and done all kinds of things. In that particular case, which I can probably count on my hand that many times that we couldn't resolve an issue as we went to God. And when that couldn't be done, that's when the husband does make the final decision. So people say, well, that's ruling your wife. That's ridiculous. By the way, when a husband does take that final authority, he's responsible for the decision. I didn't like that. I've made some wrong ones. Any of you husbands ever made wrong decisions when your wife told you so? Yeah. Now, wives, don't repeat it to us. We already know we made it. Just leave it lie. Because we go back to this. Trip, trip, trip. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I can tell. All right. So, what does that mean? Now, are there any limits to submission? Yes. Number one, when it's going against God's word. If a husband ever asks the wife to do anything that's against God's word, sorry, you submit to the first person, which is God. You never, ever do anything against God's word. And second, if there's any kind of physical abuse in a home, harshness, whatever, like that, you don't submit to that. That's not godly. So never do you do that. Now, turn back to Proverbs. So we submit to God, then we submit to each other, then if all else fails in decision-making, which very rare, the husband then has to take that authority as the wife submits to him. We're equal. We just have different roles. By the way, let me share with you a key. It's a simple key, but it's true in any case, in any situation in the world. In any kind of organism, there must be a head. You got it? Anything without a head... Good luck. You ever seen a chicken? How does it do? That's what a marriage is with no head. Now, you ever see anything with two heads? That's a freak. That's in Guinness Book of Records or whatever. That's a marriage where a husband and wife are what? Both trying to be the lead. You can't have that. Now, Proverbs 12, 18. This is our fourth point tonight. Work for a home filled with effective communication. With effective communication. Look at Proverbs 12, 18. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Speak before think. Next chapter of 13, verse 3. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. You know what's incredibly surprising to me? 
The number of times in the last 10 years in a marriage counseling session between two Christians that I've heard the words from one of them at least in that counseling session, verbal abuse. Not physical, verbal abuse. Now that is an oxymoron. Two Christians submitted to God in their home is verbal abuse. That's impossible. That's the flesh ruling. That is not the spirit ruling. Where two people lash out, say things that pierce like a sword. Now we've all been there. If you've been married, there's been probably one of us in this room that hasn't said something that you wish you'd have never said to your spouse. You can't take it back. It's there. You can ask forgiveness. God forgives. But that taught us a lesson, didn't it? If you're here tonight and you just casually toss those words around between each other and your kids are listening, you're, you're creating damage in that home. Sometimes almost irreparable, except for the grace of God. See, criticism sometimes... We say, well, that's not verbal abuse, it's just criticism. What you're trying to do is remold your spouse by critical words. Remember, anytime we're trying to change our spouse, forget it. It isn't going to work. It never will work. Only God can do that. We can't. So just go back to that. So we need to have some communication skills. Instead of those verbal words that come out that pierce like a sword, speaking rashly, Here's some communication skills I want to talk to you about. Just two of them tonight. Move from tearing down to building up. And I want you to practice that this week. I want a husband and wife. First of all, let's learn to control our tongue. And then instead of saying things that hinder and scar and tear down, let's look for ways to say to our spouse things that help and heal and build up. As you think of last week with your spouse... How many times did we build up our spouse? How many times did we tear them down? And here's a definite no-no. Never tear your spouse down in front of somebody else. Do you know who you just tore down? You. Because you're a team. So don't do that. See, we need to have kind words that come out of our mouth. Listen to this story. Truth and love went for a walk together one day. Truth was constantly speaking, while love listened, with only an occasional word to say. Soon enough on their walk, wisdom joined them, and the conversation changed right away. Wisdom helped direct truth in what was appropriate to say, while love tempered the words in such a God-like way. Okay, the home should be a stress-reducing place of harmony, rest, and relaxation. If it's not, then it's time we look at the source of the problem. Wives, can you be described as a continual drip or a soft breeze? Husbands, are you being the bad example or the spiritual leader? We can all benefit by submitting to God first and seeking His wisdom. Learn to work together towards a home filled with peace and God's love. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Make sure and tune in next time on Lessons for Living because Pastor Mark will share the five statements we need to adopt that'll help achieve success and bring peace in our homes. We'll learn how to have realistic expectations and where we should place our hope. It's time to stop spinning your wheels and admit that God's got a plan that works. We can all agree life's too short to experience anything less than His best. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is 